Hello, and welcome to the R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery with Steph, aka Bariatric Warrior, Bex, aka Becoming Bex, Nicole, aka Spooky BSG Barbie, and Cass, aka Queen Sparkle We are here to talk about everything weight loss surgery related, the good, the bad, and the ugly to end the stigma. So come join us on this road to discovery. Hello, hello. Welcome R2GP fam. We are so excited that we have three very special guests on tonight. And we are going to talk about weight loss surgery at any age. Thank you all of you for being here and taking time out of your day to join us and hop on the podcast. We're excited to talk to you and hear a little bit about your stories. So let's just start off. Uh, whoever wants to go first, we have Steph, Maureen, and Michelle here. Um, if you want to start by introducing yourself, your Instagram handle, um, heaviest weight if you're comfortable, current weight, and then we'll hop in and ask you questions. Uh, okay. Uh, I can, I don't mind going first. Um, my name is Stephanie Roberts and, um, my IG is pumpkins.bsg and, and, um, I am 55 now. I had surgery at 53 in September of 21. Um, I was 347 pounds at my, at my high weight, which was four days before surgery um, or four days before my, um, LRD started. And then, um, right now I'm, I'm about, uh, 206, 205 and 206. It's around a two pound area. So yeah. So I'm a hunt, like 143 pounds down. My, my first big goal, um, is to be under 200 and I'm super close to that. So I'm super excited about that. But, um, yeah, just having the surgery has given me a chance to live the life I feel like I've always deserved and just never really been able to, to fully live. So it's, I'm living my best life right now. It's awesome. How exciting. Have, have you found um, that it's helped with like just everyday movement, walking around the house, going out in public, like tell us a little bit of the things that have improved in your life. Well, the part of the reason I had it was because I was really rapidly losing my mobility. I was getting to the point where everything was painful. I was not, I was, you know, bowing out of doing things with my husband and my daughter because I knew that I was over the weight limit or I just knew that I was not going to be able to walk that far or, you know, any of those things. And so um, my, my why was it really had nothing to do with how I look. Um, at 53, I'm very happily married. I mean, I do obviously care how I look, but for me, that was so much less important than just feeling good and feeling healthy and being mobile and having the ability to get out and do the things that I want to do, um, and be active and having achieved that for me has been like the greatest victory of all. It's been, it's really been more about that for me than the number on the scale, or anything like that. I, I do better when I have a, a set goal to work towards. But for me, that's just getting under 200. If it takes me till the end of this year to do it, then so be it. Um, I'm super happy where I am right now. And I really feel like I finally have gotten to the level of quality of life that I 
I wish I had had my whole life, but I didn't, and that's okay. But I have it now, and I'm I'm not going to waste a single moment of it. Love that Good for you. Yes, that's amazing. Awesome. Maureen. Hi, I'm Maureen. Um, my Instagram handle is mg journey to me, the number two, me. Um, I'm 63. I'll be 64 in May. I had my surgery when I was 62. Um, my highest weight was almost a year before surgery and I weighed 293. And to put that in perspective, I'm only five foot one. So little, <laughs> um, and my current weight is 180. Wow. Um, Congrats. Yeah. I lost a lot of weight before surgery. And I'm. my surgery was March 28th of last year. So I'm coming up. I'm 11 months right now. So I'll be a year next month. Nice. Exciting. So, yeah. Great. <laughs> I haven't lost as much this last this year after surgery, but that's had its own set of struggles. And, you know, everyone, everyone has their, their different struggles, but does it mean I would regret anything that I've done? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Um, it's one of the best things I've ever done for myself without a doubt. There's, there's two things I've done for myself that I did in my life that I did against most people's recommendations and most people's, and they were both surgical things, actually. I had a breast reduction done when I was 28 years old. Oh, wow. Very, very large. <laughs> kind of runs in the family. Um, I was you give me some of those boobies? <laughs> no, trust me, you, you don't can have whatever's left of mine. <laughs> yeah. You don't want them. You don't want them. I'm, I'm so <laughs> half of what they were yeah socks with rocks it's socks with rocks basically yeah, because I had mine so many years ago, um, it really hasn't changed much up here. I've got oh. a, little, a little bit of sag, but it really hasn't yeah. changed much up here in, in all things considered. Blessing um, in disguise, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually wish they would have made me smaller when they did it, but mm. I didn't have a lot of choice in that matter. They said, we'll make you what's right for your size. Oh. Um, you know. But I'm sitting over here like, excited for when they do lift me up I'm gonna be like a b cup it, I am it, so excited <laughs> let me tell you watch opening doors <laughs> you will not be used to having little perky things up here right? you do not know how many times I opened doors on myself and screamed oh yeah okay. coffee <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> or, I just picture you walking through a door and go, oh, oh. You open the door and scream your lungs out. Uh. Or, or you, um, if you have cats, 
or yeah, dogs that speak with you, you do not let them in the room. The first time my cats walked across my chest, at, oh no, <laughs> I put yeah. locks on my inside of my bedroom door. So my and my cats howled all night. They got they got used to it. Yeah, but I had to wait about a month before I could let them let them come in. But this, is, this room is animal free, the one I'm in right now, and this is going to be my recovery room. I'm going to have a recliner, yeah. no dogs, no cats, because I'm I'm terrified of that exact thing of them yeah. jumping on my chest or my stomach. Yeah, rightly so. The yeah. first two weeks, though, this is going to be her recovery room. Yeah, I'll be with I'll be with Steph, so there won't be any animals. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Now the cats I have now didn't. I wasn't worried about them. They they don't walk across me as much as the cats right. I had back when I was younger. <laughs> you train them. Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> They're just not as athletic. They're much older. <laughs> um, but that was the thing I ever did for myself, and I got so much black from people all you need to do is because i've been heavy my whole life if you lose weight maureen if you only lose weight it'll make such a difference but once i had it done uh, those people those who were the loudest against it were also the very first ones that said wow this was a, yeah, good for you it was a good choice the same with yeah. this surgery this i i had family members, I think more in just the fear of surgery kind of a thing. My, uh, You know, not so much that they felt it. Well, I had lost a lot of weight, so they didn't see the before surgery, so they didn't really see the need anymore. But somewhere along the line, my why changed drastically in the year from when I started to the year that I had surgery. My original why was because I need, needed to have an ankle uh -huh. replacement done, a joint, a joint replacement, and it wouldn't do it at my weight. The funny thing is, is now that I've lost over 100 pounds, wow, they still what? won't do it. Wow. Now they won't do it at all, because the deterioration in my ankle uh. has gotten worse. Too, too, too severe for Jeez. a replacement. So what's so. your why now? Like what, how did your why? Change? My why now is for me. And mm -hmm. I learned that long before the decision was made, long before I knew they weren't going to do my ankle. Yeah. Um, and when they, my goal was originally to have my ankle done first and then my bariatric surgery. And I got down to the weight that they had told me that they would do the surgery yet. And I went in and that's when they said they wouldn't do the surgery. And I was upset literally for one day and went, okay, we're moving on. Uh, I can't change that, but I have, new, I have new goals right now. And my sister was just like, well, now you don't have to have bariatric surgery. And I looked at her and I said, excuse me? <laughs> I said, there's no have to about it. It's a want yeah. to. Now I, it's something that I'm choosing to do for me. And she tried really hard to convince me not to. Not not in a bad way. Like, we didn't argue about it. But she just was very, very concerned. And she's a nurse. And she's like, Maureen, I see people in the surgery. And I said, but you only see those worst cases yeah. when they come in. 
you don't see the the majority of the cases that don't ever come yeah. back. And I said, I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't people that don't have complications. Oh hi. Exactly. <laughs> you know, obviously we know there are. Um, and I followed several complication sites intentionally before my surgery, just so I knew going into it, not not to psych myself out or be get educated. myself worked up, but just so mm -hmm. to yeah. be educated, exactly. You know, and so I knew the right questions to ask and I knew the right risks that were uh -huh. involved. And um and I chose to do it for me. And even if I hadn't lost any additional weight at all from the surgery, I'm still glad that I had the surgery because it will help me from gaining back. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was gonna say, I think that's the key piece there is that it's going to help you long-term that even if you lost the majority of the weight beforehand, your stomach was still a normal size. Right. So the risk of you, if you fell back into old habits of regaining was high. Right. Right. And so having the surgery, and this is why I'm a, a big advocate of having the surgery at low BMI mm -hmm. is because this isn't just about, you know, taking someone who is morbidly obese to, to not morbidly obese. It's about prevention. Correct. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about yeah. the lifelong maintenance. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Maintenance, maintenance exactly. Exactly, of your whole life, you know, yeah. improving your whole life. Yeah, it's it's basically an entire change of your lifestyle and your everything that you do and everything that you how you act and you know the your intentionality about things. I no longer celebrate things with food. I no longer um, you know console myself with food. I never I, you know those were things that I spent most of my life doing. Mm -hmm. Everything was an, an excuse to go out to eat or you know uh, yeah. you know I deserve this piece of pie or whatever. Um, so and I'm sitting over here still doing that. <laughs> That's okay. I I do too. It's a struggle. Still. I want an excuse to eat a piece of food. <laughs> I know. And Steph's over there like, I just want to eat I just want to eat something. <laughs> but remember, I am the one person and I am just not like anyone else. I'm a fucking unicorn. Uh, <laughs> You're special. You're special. <laughs> well. I had six Oreos yesterday. I mean, but Oreo, hey, 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 Oreos are vegan. It's totally cool. I like, hey, I like Oreos. Hey, blood, I had a whole, a whole snack bag of little baby Oreos at the at the blood donation place. Oh, there you so, go. But well, you were yeah. given blood. You were given so. blood. You donated. Yeah, right? You don't have to justify anything that you eat or put on your plate. They didn't have nutter butters. I was really pretty un unhappy about that. Right. Mm. But. Okay. Michelle. Hi. So I'm Michelle and my handle is Gas by Granny. That does not mean and farts like Maddie thinks. No. <laughs> no. Uh, that was hilarious. It could, it could. But my my take on it was I'm having gastric bypass and I'm a granny. And so I just thought gas by granny was gonna be cute, but I never thought that anyone would take it. And, and now uh, it would be Maddie though. It would be Maddie exactly. to think that. Yeah. <laughs> God love her. Oh dear. 
anyway, my uh, my highest weight was two ninety four. Um, Maureen and I have a lot in common. My for, my why at the beginning was I needed to have my knee replaced, and I thought, well, how am I going to do this? Like, how how am I going to lose the weight? And I, you know, I went got a gym membership and I went swimming and I tried all these things and and restricting your diet or your the way you eat with uh, a normal sized stomach is not easy it's hard and Almost it doesn't impossible. matter yeah it just does not matter how much exercise you get you're not going to lose because you cannot burn the calories that you're intaking and um so i had a friend and she's on instagram as classically casey i don't know if a lot of you follow her but um so Casey grew up with my children in the same neighborhood. And so she had VSG and I started watching her and her success. And I thought, you know, I've thought about this in the past, but it had never occurred to me that I could do this. And so I looked into it and I went to the surgeon that she recommended and that had done her surgery. And he felt like, the bariatric, uh, the bypass would be better for me because I did have really bad reflux. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also had a hiatal hernia that he could repair. And uh, so I had my surgery on uh, July the 6th of 2022. And I was 62. I had just, well, I was, I was actually 61. I hadn't quite turned 62 yet. A few days afterwards I did. And uh, so anyway, and um, everything went great. Um, I've lost a hundred and let's see, gotta count 103 pounds. I, I did Woo! get down to 105. Awesome. I gained a couple of pounds back. Um, that's so normal. I yeah, <laughs> I, I've noticed that through this whole journey. But anyway, I'm down to 191 now and hitting that under, you know, getting Wonderland. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Just. I just never thought that I could get there. I, I wouldn't, I guess I just thought that I would not be successful at this. I, I've always, you know, I mean, I've had, I was on so many diets, tried so many things. I went into um, clinical trials that my company put on because they were a health and wellness company. And they, you know, asked us to join different trials to see if certain products work. And I had great success with some of them, but then as soon as I was off that trial, I gained everything back plus 20, 30 pounds more. And uh, so anyway, but then after I lost this weight, I found that my wife, like Marine, has changed. I don't have knee pain. Like, and of course, it's still bone on bone, but I don't have that pain. I can run. I can do anything at the gym that I put my mind to. And so I keep thinking... I don't need this now. My why is my grandchildren. I have Aww. 11 grandchildren that oh, we wow. love to do stuff with. We are very active with them. We take them on trips with us. And that's my why. I'm over and here looking at the photo. Are you holding a starfish <laughs> in no. your photo? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. So is my camera not working? Uh, I don't see you on the camera, but I see a picture, and I think you guys are holding starfish. That looks fun. I'm actually, I'm actually holding a conch. Well, yes, a starfish and a conch, 
And then behind us is a, a ray, a stingray. Wow. That's <laughs> cool. holding it. Yeah, so we went to the Bahamas last year, uh, just right before I had my surgery. I thought, I better get this trip out of the way. Uh, and there you are. <laughs> wow. I didn't know. I'm, like I said, I don't use Zoom because I'm out of the working you know, place. I'm retired and uh, I don't have a need to do it. You know, I, I do it with doctors once in a while, but it seems to work okay for that. But, um, but anyway, yeah, so that was our trip to the Bahamas and we uh, swam with the stingrays and that was quite a, quite an adventure. And so. And Steph was yeah. just in the Bahamas. I was <laughs> just in the Bahamas. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's oh, my life. Some place to go. Yeah. 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 But anyway, so that's kind of my story, and uh, I'm I'm just so glad that I've done this and have met so many wonderful people. I guess that's kind of my why now is I've met so many wonderful people, good friends, and that's been a great a great thing with this. A very un unexpected but uh, wonderful to find um, perk of yes. joining the community has been. The connections that I've made. I had no idea that this yeah. even existed. So. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, going into this, I never knew, like, the family that I was going to build. It's insane. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. it really is. Yeah. yeah. And I got yeah, the hug, Maureen. <laughs> and, and, and Nicole's been to my house. And, yeah. and I've met Bex. And Bex is going to be... At my house in like a month, <laughs> and then now I gotta meet. Now I gotta meet Michelle and other stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You always can come here and ski. I know that Beck likes to to ski, so come to Utah and ski. We've got great snow up here. I will probably fall and bust my ass, <laughs> but you know I'll cheerlead. <laughs> yeah, no skiing, Brady. I'll go down on a tube. I don't think I could ski, but I think I could go down on a tube. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that, that I would do. I have the bone yeah. on as well on my knees. I have the degenerative arthritis. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is, and you just deal with it. And, you know, again, you just don't, you live your life. You don't uh, let little obstacles get in your way. No, you can't. You've got to have a good life. I, I figure I only got like maybe 20, 30s left. To go and so I'm going to enjoy those last two years and Absolutely. do all I can. Right. What do you? I know that one of the things that's talked about a lot in the community is like, oh, I wish I'd done this a decade earlier or two decades earlier. Do any of you guys have those kinds of regrets, or do you like me feel like it happened at the right time? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I was in a place in my life where I could have really, I was in a very unhealthy marriage. Um, the other really good thing I did for myself other than my BSG was walking out of my first marriage. That was the best gift I ever gave to myself. My life you. literally started then. Yeah. My, my life literally started that day. Um, so, and I was 45. So this to me was just kind of a, another piece of that puzzle of, putting together the life that I want to live with the people that I want to live it with. Um, you know, I married a wonderful man, um, much smarter marriage the second time. Um, so, um, but I mean, you know, just trying to do the things that I need to do in order to 
um, achieve the personal goals for myself and set an example for my daughter. And, you know, um, so if, you know, if I would have had the opportunity to have this surgery, let's say 15 years ago, I would have been in a very unsupported place where, you know, it was, it was very obvious that he thought it was the easy way out bullshit thing. So, um, you know, we're telling me it was cheating anytime I had talked about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy having had it when I had, I think, I don't think I could have made as much of it then as I have been able to now, because I don't have the distractions of an unsupportive partner or, um, you know, raising a kid. My daughter is 18 and has moved out. And so for me, the timing is actually spot on. It's perfect for me. Um, it would have been great to be this mobile when I was younger. Sure. But you know, I'm, I'm digging it now. I'm, I'm all about it. So, you know, now is just as good as any time. Exactly. Kind of the same for me. You know, I, I do regret that I wasn't able to have it years ago, you know, and be active with my children the way I am with my grandchildren. Yeah. But I worked at a very uh, hard job, a very stressful job. I didn't really have the opportunity insurance wise. I probably could have went to Mexico, but at that time it was not maybe as popular as it is now, or maybe as safe as it is now. Um, And for me to come up with a full payment, it just wouldn't have happened. You know what it's like trying to raise six children. You do not have a very big budget. And (laughs) so, yes, I do have regrets in the fact that it wasn't available to me now, but I also had went through cancer, which you couldn't have gone through that and a bariatric surgery at the same time so this is you know it's just landed right i'm in a very good state of mind um i feel good about myself where years ago i did not have the i don't know what he would call it the confidence in myself i guess um now i do i i fully know that i can do this and support myself along with having a good support system i support myself mm-hmm. How about you, Marie? you know i don't i don't regret there isn't anything in my life that i regret i don't think regrets are are for me i don't think they're worth it because they hold you back instead of let you move forward mm-hmm. um and are there things maybe I wish could have done different? Sure. But do I look back at them and say, oh, my gosh, and no, not ever. Um, but I also think that, um, say, 15 years ago or something, emotionally, I'm not, I'm in a different place. I'm in a different, oh, yeah. different person. You know, yeah. the head work that's involved in, with this yeah. surgery, um, it's amazing and it's harder than the surgery itself mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's the hard part of the surgery isn't isn't the surgery well yeah. for, some <laughs> for some of us now yeah i don't, hey, I don't think i was, I I was anywhere near but, healed yeah. enough I, I don't think i was yeah and in my own head i don't think mm-hmm. i was anywhere near reconciled through the things that had you know 
ultimately led to me having all these disordered eating behaviors and right. um I've worked through it all I, I don't carry that burden at all and so there's there is nothing that's holding me back um and I think that that's a super super important component of long-term right. success you know yeah. everyone talks about your why for having surgery but there's always another why there's the why you needed surgery to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all, we all have that why, you know, whether it's trauma related, whether, which for a lot of us it is, mm-hmm. or whether it's confidence and emotional, emotional trauma, you know, um, you were bullied, you were beat up, you were in a bad marriage, you were in, you know, an abusive marriage, you were in, there's so many things that, and for each of us, no matter how big that trauma is, or I, I want, I want to say how small, but no trauma is small. So that's mm-hmm. the wrong, a bad yeah. choice of words. <laughs> but no matter what your trauma, dealing with it is something that we all have to do to reco- to go along with this surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think that's something that I was ever ready to do before. So, yeah, you know, even if I would have had the ability to have had the surgery before, it probably would not have been successful. Successful. Right. That's kind of where I am, too. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't in a place to be able to make it successful. Yeah. All the, all the pieces have to fit together. Right. And for me, they do. Right. Exactly. Right, right now, they would not have 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. This is such a prime example of just going on your own path. Like, it's very nice to be inspired by other people's journeys and following their journeys, but everyone has their own timeline. And we shouldn't be judging our chapter one to someone else's chapter 36. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and, you know, as an an older person in this community, it, you know, I, I know a lot of people spend a lot of time comparing themselves. I'm not losing as quickly. You know, I don't have the same shape as this person. And I think one of the benefits of, of us being older is that I don't ever have that. I'm, I'm very focused on my own journey. I don't waste any time, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, wish I was, you know, we're all different. And, you know, I'm just here to, to, make myself successful and to cheer on the other people that I have connected with that I care about, um, that are also trying to be successful. And, you know, I, I just, I don't think, I think, uh, they always say that, um, comparison is the thief of joy. And I, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all, we're not supposed to be the same. We're not all supposed to be identical. So, no. you know, apples and oranges, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a pineapple. I'm not going to compare it to an apple and an orange, frankly. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with, with where I am, how fast I'm going, how slow I'm going. It is what it is. And I'm just, yeah. I don't spend any time worrying about trying to make myself feel like I'm, I should be someplace else because this, you know, 30 year old is, you know, able to lose this much weight or, you know, I just, that's just not how I do it. And it I... makes me sad when I see people spending energy. Yeah. doing that whole I think and it's hard not to I'm sure when you're younger especially but I think just for me at least it's just being this age I just I've got I'm such a don't give a shit what anyone thinks 
point in my life, um, I truly don't give a shit what people mm-hmm. think in my life. That's been um, an for me. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, you like me, great. You don't like me. Okay, fine, whatever. Okay. But yeah. so for me, I, I think that carries over to my ability to not really sit there and compare myself to everybody else. I thankfully, and I think that also helps a lot in being successful. I thankfully never compared myself to anyone, even at a young age, never compared myself to anyone um, going into this. Because I know I did. I spent a lot of time doing that when I was younger. I always, I also went into bariatric surgery for a different reason than most people. I had severe gastroparesis. So the fundus of my stomach was paralyzed. So I had it for medical reasons to get off of steroids and antibiotics. So I don't come from a disordered eating background, but as a nurse, I can understand that side of it, but not personally. But I do feel like I don't think it's disordered eating now. I think it's just, oh, it's like the, the the bummer of, oh, food was taken away from you so many times type of thing. And it's like, I just want to fucking nourish my body, okay? God. Yeah. And so I don't ever say that I regret surgery. I do not regret surgery. But I say I want a refund or a free parking space at the ER. Yes, which I think you earned. Like, you earned that. Yes. She has earned it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could have done this in my 20s. My 20s were so fucked up mentally, emotionally, physically. Like, yes, I'm sad that I spent my 20s over 300 pounds. That, that is, I grieve that. But I also, and I did have the ability to have surgery in my 20s, but I didn't want to do it because I was terrified. And then I was so deep in my own trauma and it took until my thirties, the thirties are where it's at. The twenties suck. The twenties are the, no, Mm -mm. the thirties are where it's at because this is when, at least for myself and I know for, you know, everybody else has spoken to in their thirties, this is where we finally start to get that, you know, fucking attitude of like, we don't care what anybody else thinks. Absolutely. Yep. Like, who cares? Yeah. This is me. Right. This is my life. This is what I want. And it took until my 30s for me to finally manage my trauma. And yeah, if I had had this surgery in my 20s, I probably would have failed. I would have regained and would have had to have, you know, revision surgery after revision just to lose the weight because I wasn't mentally there. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that I waited until I had gone through the trauma therapy and I had managed all of that and felt like I can do this. And I feel like I did a little bit of that comparison at the very beginning, but I very quickly figured out (laughs) that we're all so different and we're all, I mean, we've talked about this in, in previous episodes, but like hormonally, you can, mm-hmm. like you absolutely if you're if you're postmenopausal you cannot compare yourself to someone who's premenopausal mm-hmm. someone in yeah. their 30s cannot compare themselves to somebody in their 20s we may not be in menopause but we are completely different and in the last episode we touched on we touched on that and they said that um yeah. so Tanya and Stacy who both had surgery in their 50s said they didn't have a hormone dump oh we did I was like, what is that like? Give me that. Wow. <laughs> I that. 
I feel like the whole time has been a hormone dump, frankly. Right. But I'm also going, I'm going through menopause. Mm-hmm. If I rip my shirt off during this, it's because I'm having a hot flash. But I'm having one right now. So, and I'm in my But, but I mean, my, my rate of menopause, my, my scale tells me I have metabolic age of 62. Yeah, mine says I'm in my 40s, and I'm like... Yeah, so I'm like, okay, so... All right, so... I don't believe those skills. I don't either, but, you know, I'm just like... I was 61 when I started. I'm like, how am I getting older? That's what I said, too. I was like, I was 33. Why is my metabolic age getting older? It's because you're wiser now. It defeats the purpose. Yeah. So you got... Did did all of you have hormone dump? If I did, I didn't know it. Okay. Now, I'm wondering if you guys were, were you already postmenopausal when you had the surgery? Yeah. Like, I am yeah. I am actively going through the menopause right now. Um, yeah. We're at the hot flash part, but it's been going on for, like, I haven't had a period in a year and a half, almost two years, maybe. So, and you're not actually in it officially until you've gone 12 months without a period. And I did 10 months at one point and then got a period and so then the clock starts over again yeah. so it's, it's been kind of going on for a while but did you ever um, have like hysterectomy or anything because i know tanya and stacy talked about that i have not okay. i have i had my hysterectomy um my last child was born when i was 27 and i knew that would be my last child but when we went in to do the tubal um they found that I did have cancer. And so um, <laughs> it was good that I had him and that they were able to do the hysterectomy right then. And, Take that uh, shit out. I don't need it anymore. Yeah, right. Yes. Well, I didn't. But let me tell you, that's hard to do when you've got a brand new baby. Oh, yeah. Going through that. And uh, yeah, that was a, a real rough time. And uh, so, um, but, you know, I went through it and we've we've emerged and my baby is 33 now so i could be all of you guys' mother i swear <laughs> did they keep did they keep your ovaries i had my first one at 18 so yeah did they keep your ovaries yes they did okay because uh-huh. we were also yeah. comparing that because stacy only has yeah. one but i think tanya doesn't have I don't, if I, I don't know if I remember, memory. yeah, because we were like, maybe that plays a difference, too. Yeah. It does. It, mm-hmm. I went into menopause sooner because mm-hmm. I, I had an ovary rupture. Yes. Yeah. And so I went into menopause a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. So I, I've, I've been in it for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like, maybe almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't. You know, I mean, the hormones didn't do anything to me. It There was no change with any of that. That's so, I, I shouldn't say no change. I, had some I think I had some emotion stuff going on, you know, but I'm very emotional anyways, you know, so. <laughs> when you guys were growing up, we talked about this in the previous episode too. What were like your generational things in regards to meals? with your family were you the part of you have to clean your plate because I work so hard to put this on the table um or were you part of the family that was like oh are you still hungry here have some more have some more but then they also would make comments about your weight 
Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'll, I'll, go ahead. I was going to say my mom, um, my mother would ask me at every meal if I took more than what she thought was the right serving amount. Are you still hungry or does it just taste good? Mm-hmm. And that phrase I have burned in my head. And my sister also remembers hearing that at every meal. Um, you know, God forbid something tasted good and I wanted a little bit more of it or whatever. So or but, when you're growing, God forbid you want to eat some more food because you're growing and you're hungry. Right. And then we also heard about the kids who were starving and you're not finishing mm-hmm. what's on your plate. So I'm like, you know, what so yeah. what is it? You're like Which yeah. one? Which one is it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that was my that was my uh, childhood table. Yeah. That was kind of mine was uh there are starving children in Africa. <laughs> they yes. would love to have this meal. But my parents were just the coolest parents. I don't ever remember them shaming me other than, you know, the star. But that was kind of a joke, I think, Um, (laughs) which it shouldn't be, but it was. Um, I do not even remember my parents like they we just always had family meals every night. And I remember my mother working and coming home and cooking this wonderful meal. And it was just. But I don't ever remember them saying, you know, eat everything on your plate. You're not leaving the table until you eat it type thing. I don't ever remember that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we we didn't have that either, but we were never, food was always a reward for everything growing up. You're upset yeah. here, have a, have some cookies or have a cake. You're crying, have some cookies. You fell, have some cookies. You know, you, you got mm-hmm. good grades, have some cookies. You got bad grades, you're upset, have some more cookies. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was no matter what was going on, it was a good day, it was a bad day, it wasn't any day. We always had food always food was the comfort and the reward and yes. all of it yeah. it was all of it yeah um and i don't think i was up i was never shamed about how much food was on my plate or whether i ate it or didn't eat it and we were never told we had to i mean other than the like you were saying michelle there's starving kids in africa or india in our case or wherever they may be you know mm-hmm. we got told that on occasion but we also were never, never told, like, if we didn't eat something on our plate, we didn't, as long as we ate the majority of, I mean, we weren't forced to eat anything, you right. know, um, we, we were never forced to eat, you know, I mean, my mom wouldn't make separate meals, but go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich if you don't like what we're having, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. I mean, they were good about that, and it wasn't until I would say I was in it in my teens that, um, and the food part never came into like I was never shamed for eating. But then I was still then told I, I was obese all the time, or I was fat all the time, and. You know, my mom said, well, let's go to Weight Watchers together and let's do this together and let's do that. And let's, you know, that kind of stuff. And when you're 13 years old, that's, you know, but yet we'd come home and 
eat whatever we wanted. So it was never very, nothing was ever very effective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mixed signals. Sense. Yes, very mixed signals. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I grew up with, um, we had a lot of trauma growing up, a whole lot of trauma in our lives. And I had an older sister who I loved dearly and who has passed away recently, fairly recently. Um, and things are, were very different as we were adults, but when we were kids, uh, we did not get along at all. Mm-hmm. And in all of the trauma in our lives, my parents were not really present because the trauma was engulfing them as well. Mm-hmm. And um, they, so my older sister kind of became a pseudo parent and. Mm-hmm. She was 14 years old. She didn't know how to be a parent. And she was going through this trauma as well. And all of her anger and resentment at everything came out on me. And I was told conscious, constantly that I was fat and I was ugly and, and could never be loved. And I was worthless and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, so you just turned to food. And then food was always so available. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and we were never, sh- and then you get around, it, it, there just were so many mixed signals around it and it, food centered around everything, everything. So, you know. Thank you for sharing that and being yeah. vulnerable and so sorry for your sister's passing as well. Yeah. Yeah. I miss her, but we're taking her to Ireland. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> my younger we're taking some of her ashes with us my younger sister and I are going and her husband and um so I decided I have a little tiny tree of life pendant that has an a little urn in it that you can oh, I love at. that and so we're going bar hopping on Ackle oh my god I want to come with Maureen <laughs> my sister Colleen has decided that we're hitting every single bar on Apple. I need pictures and videos. And, yeah. <laughs> and, well, so I'm like, well, I Colleen doesn't know this yet. I'm like, well, we can't go bar hopping without Kathy. So I am taking Kathy. <laughs> so Colleen's going to find that out when we're in Ireland. I remember the day. Gonna, yeah, she's going to be like, I wish Kathy was here. And I'm going to be like, she she's is. She's right here. <laughs> I remember the day that Maureen had her first alcoholic beverage post off. I was there. <laughs> I got wasted. <laughs> but then, you know, it's bariatric wasted, and then you're yeah. sober in 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> like eating Chinese food. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, then you just drink some more. <laughs> love it. Oh, dear. It was fun. <laughs> that was I was only three months out. I don't recommend other people to do that. You know, but <laughs> no, I just actually had my first alcohol on the cruise that we did last weekend. Um, my first post-op alcohol, um, which was a big deal because I spent most of 2020 in a vodka bottle. So it was okay. it was definitely. Um, getting to a point where um i think it was contributing to a lot of my disordered behavior so um not having touched that for the first i said for the first year i would not touch it and my one year was up in september and i waited until last weekend um and 
I couldn't even finish a martini. But two sips in, I was definitely feeling it. I'm like, okay, I am definitely feeling this. I like, would just <laughs> ask how it with you, like if you got like wasted right away off it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I could only drink half of it because I was like, I didn't like the way it made me feel. Yeah. It really, it was very surprising to me. I, I was really, you know, I'm like, is this a slippery slope and, you know, all that. And I was just like, leaving half of a martini would have never happened before. I would have made sure that thing was gone. And I was just like, eh, I'm just not interested. So that was a big deal. That was a really big deal. But yeah, I could definitely feel the alcohol like two sips in. I'm like, okay, I'm a lightweight. <laughs> Michelle, have you tried alcohol? I have not actually. <laughs> I, well, I can't say totally. Uh, we went to Arizona a year ago with uh, our nieces and nephews, and we went to a little restaurant and I ordered a virgin margarita, but apparently the waiter did not hear virgin. Oh so no! I tasted it and I said, um, <laughs> I don't think this is really what I want. And so I had it to my nephew who does drink alcohol, and I said, is this virgin? And he says, you don't even need to hand it to me. I can smell it. From here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, you know, I can understand how drinking, you know, I mean, it tasted really good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just like, but other than that, I have never had alcohol. No. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I struggled with alcohol prior to surgery because I was pre-diabetic. So every time I drank alcohol, I felt like shit. And I was also on metformin. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's been on metformin, you'll know metformin and alcohol do not mix well. And I was having lactic acid dumps in my body every yes. time I drank alcohol. So I would be like on fire, like in pain, every muscle, every joint. It was awful. So I didn't really drink it before. And then after surgery, I was like, I get to have a glass of wine like a normal person because my blood sugar is normal. And I was so excited. And then I had one glass of wine and was shit. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yes, I still don't get to have a glass of wine. You can have two sips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now, like, I have a drink once a year. And it's like a glass of wine or like vodka tonic or so, you know something like that or i love gin and tonics like a gin and tonic and i just have one and i'm drunk and i just i'm like i expect it i go into it you know and i'm just like yeah. right, i had I'm one it was, it was about this this big <laughs> probably once or twice a year mm -hmm. so it, I, it so it didn't bother me. it it's not something right. I'm worried you enjoy about. it you enjoy it while you have it that yeah. once or twice a year and if I'm not driving I I don't I don't drink when I'm driving anywhere so yeah. if I'm not driving I'll go ahead and give it a try if I didn't if it didn't work out then I wouldn't drink anymore and it worked out fine yeah. for me so <laughs> <laughs> I drink wine pretty regularly, I would say. Probably, like, every other weekend I'll have a glass or two with my partner. But it hasn't been an issue for me. And, uh, yeah, I 
I when I first had my first drink, uh, having a few sips knocked me off my ass. But that was also a vodka cranberry. But now I can have a glass of wine or two and not really be phased. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm a little jelly. <laughs> <laughs> who has she lots of children. And then she had plastics plastic. with her little two-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know, kudos. Kudos if you can do it. I, there's no way yeah. I can do it. Can you imagine trying to cook all the different meals and trying no, to I mean, how do you everything? Your, how do you put yourself first when yeah. you are... You can't as a mom. That's just not possible. If you want to be a halfway decent parent, you don't put yourself first, and that's just the way it is. And so, and yeah, we all know that you should be putting yourself first mm-hmm. as right. a parent because you can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly yeah. right. 
You're so overwhelmed. That's not, you're not, whole different, whole different realm. So yeah, every, every mom who does this, like if you're listening, yeah, I mean, yeah, kudos to you. What were some of the comorbidities that you guys had prior to surgery and how has that changed after surgery? So I can go with that. A like a comorbidity, like did you have prediabetes, sleep apnea, stuff like that? I was about to pull out my thesaurus, girl. I <laughs> you don't know what a comorbidity is? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm just speaking the truth, okay? I learned something new today. <laughs> something at your core that could possibly potentially kill you in the future at the end. I had uh, diabetes, um, arthritis, um, and, you know, the cancer. So I had also, besides my uterine cancer, I've had thyroid cancer. Try to lose weight without a thyroid. Mm. It is not possible. It is the hardest thing ever. Bex just got diagnosed with hypothyroidism after uh, weight loss surgery. Yeah. And my, uh, my weight loss just stopped dead a year out. I lost 150 pounds the first year. And then I've had to fight tooth and nail for the last 25 pounds. And now my body's just done. It's not going anywhere. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then, yeah. And then I had also high blood pressure. So now my diabetes is gone. I'm not on high blood pressure pills anymore. Yeah. <laughs> life is life is wonderful. I, you know, it just... I take my thyroid, you know, my levithroxin. Okay, but I need that, you to you know? I need you to end that statement with you're cancer free now. Oh, okay. Yes, I am cancer free. Hell yeah. I'm going to tell you how they fought my cancer was with radiation and so watching your stuff. Oh, fuck radiation. Really kinda, well, yeah, I'm like Okay, I was treated with all that radiation and it was awful. Now am I going to have stuff like that going on? So that's Don't compare yourself to me. I'm a unicorn. I'm not going to compare, but it does worry me. Yeah. It really does scare me. Yeah. So, but that was clear in 2008. I got done with my treatment in 2010. Well, it's been, what, 11, 12 years ago, 13 years ago? I so think you're safe. I think I'm safe. Yeah. Yay. Good. I had, um, and still, I had sleep apnea. I sleep with a CPAP machine. Um, and I honestly haven't tried to sleep without it. My husband and I both have CPAP machines and I'm, I'm not afraid to sleep without it, but for me, it's kind of like a security blanket Mm -hmm. thing. I actually find that my sleep changed so dramatically when I got that CPAP machine and I was for the first time in years actually achieving REM and not. I was having, when they did my sleep study, I had 62 episodes per hour. So I was waking up more than once a minute with stopping breathing and stuff. So it was pretty, it was pretty bad. Um, I might very well not have sleep apnea anymore, but honestly, I really love my CPAP so much. I don't know that I'm ever going to give it up. Did you take it to the Bahamas with you? I did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We always bring the CPAP. I don't take a nap without it. It's just, it is, it was just such a game changer for me. I just, I gotta, I gotta have it. Well, and for some people, losing the weight 
doesn't oh yeah you can be like skinny rapid. and still have sleep apnea it's yeah. it's well, literally I, I have a symptom yeah and, it's literally you know, how like face with a softball all that is things. yeah so mm -hmm. yeah so you may still have it regardless exactly exactly right you can yeah. still have high cholesterol because it's genetic yeah. You can yeah, still have cardiac like, issues because it's genetic. Yeah. 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 And it's genetic in our family. Mm -hmm. It has to do with the short, thick neck oh. kind mm. of thing. And your your short airway or short and small airway. So it, it did not, my AHI, my episodes is 122. Whoa. Wow. And it hasn't changed. And I'm on a BiPAP, not a CPAP. Okay. And it hasn't changed. Not once. Mm -hmm. not, not, not one bit. Not one. And I didn't expect it to. So I yeah. was not upset that it didn't. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You know, yeah. yeah. And like you, Stephanie, my, it's my security blanket. I mean, this, the, the joy of being able to sleep far outweighs. Oh, yeah. It's anything. Mm -hmm. Sleep deprivation when you don't know what it's doing to you it can cause strange things to happen oh, yeah. in your life. <laughs> i'm definitely yeah. sleep deprived and so i haven't been sleeping good since i had to do my colon prep and i've noticed so i haven't noticed that i've snored until this point and it's because when I take a nap, I literally will wake my ass up snoring so loud now because I'm so sleep deprived. Yeah. Yeah. That was me before surgery. I had, I was diagnosed with apnea. I would wake myself up snoring, you know, all those things. And I may still have apnea now for all I know because I never went on a CPAP. Yeah, um, I didn't either. I honestly, I'm so surprised. Like, so I was a smoker. Mm -hmm. two packs a day for eight years and that's when the apnea was the worst that's when mm -hmm. I my mother um we went we went somewhere and she slept in the same room as me she said that she couldn't sleep at all that night she was so terrified I was gonna stop breathing mm -hmm. and, and not start again so she would stay awake to make sure that I would breathe again that's how bad it was mm -hmm. and I had no idea. And her mother oh. is a pediatric pulmonologist. My mother is a pediatric pulmonologist, so you can see how thrilled she was when she found out I was a smoker. Um, and so she was terrified for me. I quit smoking and my snoring stopped. Oh, wow. So I don't know to this day, because I never got, got follow-up um, sleep studies. To this day, I have no idea if the apnea was caused by being a smoker and being overweight. Or if it was just from being overweight, and I have no idea if I still have it. I or, have or did you have asthma? Because asthma can play a role too. I also had mm -hmm. asthma. Yeah, I also had asthma. Well, well, and the smoking would have definitely affected the asthma. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It it compounded all of it. So I'm, I am now nine years smoke free. Woo! I know that when you hit ten years, your risk of of everything drops back to as if you've never been a smoker so i'm like all right we got one more year that's awesome and i've got to normal on my risk factors which i'm so excited about but yeah i i i wake up probably still 10 times a night right now but mm -hmm. i wake up mostly because of uh physical pain i don't know if anybody mm -hmm. else still has that 
but like I wake up because I can't sleep on my side the whole night or on my back the whole night or my mm. other side everything yeah. hurts like I got or you have to pee stuff. five times yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you have to pee five times you most likely if you then you most likely have that oh I only have to pee once maybe maybe <laughs> okay that's interesting I used to wake up that's what my pulmonologist told me that you you only think you have to pee so many times because why else would you be waking up? Right. Your mind has to tell itself something. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're convincing yourself of something. Yeah. To make it normal. Makes sense. So, yeah. Um, I also had high blood pressure, um, high cholesterol. Um, my A1C was high. I was pre-diabetic. But it was it was like like just over just just well no just Both just lander being dive almost okay. diabetic yeah mm -hmm. um and all of that's normal now awesome yeah. wonderful yeah great Blood pressure everything is that's uh, to me that's been exciting <laughs> yeah those have all been really cool things so. Uh -huh. My BMI was 55 when I'm, my BMI was 55 when I had my surgery. Mm -hmm. Whoa. And, yeah. And my scale told me I was 75% fat. Mm -hmm. How's that possible? <laughs> Throw your scale out. With that BMI, I don't believe. Yeah, I think you need to get rid of that scale, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not anymore. I'm not, I'm way yeah. under that now, but, um, my but yeah. My scale still says I have like 80 pounds of fat. We are throwing yours away too. <laughs> yeah. Don't believe you. No, you gotta. You just gotta go get a DEXA scan. Go get a DEXA scan. Yeah, I'm still obese. Still considered mm -hmm. obese. We don't have for us. Me to get one of those things here. It's like over two hundred dollars. Oh my god. Fifty bucks, and I have to travel two to three hours to get a DEXA scan. That's why I still haven't done one yet. Yeah, we don't have one close by here either. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but my BMI was fifty-five. Also, I think at the time, and right now I think it's thirty-three. That's where mine is thirty-three point four. Yeah, I think mine was forty-one, and I'm down to thirty now. So, mine was thirty-eight point nine, and now it's twenty-three point four. Wow. I'm actually considered underweight. I don't like it. I'm considered yeah. underweight because I'm also six feet tall. Um, and I've lost 102.4% of my excess body weight. So, wow. but that's also losing 33 pounds of muscle and we're working on that. I want it back. Right. I hate the BMI. Yeah. I'm five, six and a half and 160 pounds and I'm considered overweight. Right. I know. It's crazy. But you look like, fucking fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> and you're about to get all the skin chopped off. Yeah, that's... Yes. After the skin's gone, but like, no. I don't care about the BMI. Scale. I don't want to be the weight that I'm supposed to be by the BMI scale. BMI, yes. You would look weird. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd look well, like Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, I had like 117 pounds, it would, I would look sick. 
Yeah. I have a photo of me from when my BMI was normal and I was 140 pounds. It was in high school. I had to starve myself to get there because my body does not want to be that thin. And every time I look at this, at this photo of myself, I'm kind of disgusted, mm-hmm. you know? And I look at myself now and I, I look at the BMI and I'm like, I'm 33 BMI. I'm like pushing 34 depending on the day, which that also pisses me off. Cause yep. Yep. I'm like 33, 34, 33, yep. 34. And I was like, I don't care which, you know? And then like, I see that I'm over 200 pounds and everything in my brain and diet culture and doctors tell me that I should be a certain weight. And I'm like, but I'm happy and I can do everything that I've wanted to do. Yep. Everything. The only thing that's holding me back now is loose skin. Once that's gone, I couldn't care less what that scale says as long as I can do everything I want mm-hmm. to do. That's, you know? And I, I doctors agree. need to get on board with that shit. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Speaking of I plastics. Insurance, I think, causes the doctors to make it that way. You know, mm-hmm. they expect certain things to... You know, my doctor, he really doesn't care. He says, be happy. You know, yeah. he's like, I know that most doctors would say this is the right BMI for you, but you go to your happy place and that's where you need to be. Yep. And that's why they yeah, say your right. lowest weight is not always your best weight. It's wherever you're happy right. at, wherever right. you feel like you're metabolically well. And I think also because uh, what, how long ago did they do the studies on BMI? <laughs> when are you ever going whenever yeah. you when the, when the fuck ever are you going to redo that research because clearly you've been like men. doing it's it wrong white men yeah done at the same time they did the food pyramid Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I do not need to eat that many grains. Stop it. Oh my god! How much? Do I do A squared need? plus B squared does not equal C squared. Just kidding. I can't imagine why everybody's overweight. Oh my god! <laughs> eat the bread. Eat the bread. Oh yeah, we were talking about that and how like convenience meals also growing up in generations like you guys had tv dinners TV dinners. yes oh my god we on those. yes and now we have mcdonald's on every fucking corner like yeah <laughs> yep. yep that was that was huge too in that conversation it has uh overseeded health mm-hmm. like just the convenience mm-hmm. of the food that's why there's fast food on every freaking corner. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was so excited they put before my surgery. There's a big sign around the corner for me. They were opening up an Arby's. I love Arby's. Hey, an Arby's <laughs> roast beef sandwich has like 40 grams of protein in it. I haven't uh-huh. eaten there. They stopped making potato cakes. Oh yeah, they oh, did. No! I tried eating. I tried eating Wait. the meat from one, but it tasted horrible to me. But mm. then that was right when I was first able to eat, you know, like solid food. So maybe if I tried yeah. it again, it wouldn't taste. So oh awesome. yeah, I hated Subway deli meat after surgery. Yeah, no, I think it yeah. taste I, good. Yeah, I may end up there because they do have good fish sandwiches, and it is mm. Lent, and I can get rid of the bun. Yep. Yeah. So, and they have good fish sandwiches. <laughs> how long did it how long did it take you guys from consultation when you decided to have surgery to your surgery date 
Um, so I started seriously looking into it um, in March of 2021. And I paid completely out of pocket. So I did not have any insurance companies telling me I had to do, you know, X, whatever. Um, now, because I'm, I was over 50, I did have to get, um, I did have to get, um, like the cardiologist and the gastroenterologist, like every ologist you can possibly imagine just to make sure that I was physically cleared for, um, for the surgery. Um, I took it upon myself to go into therapy because I thought that that was a super important part of the overall wellness, um, that I was shooting for with the surgery. Everyone should be in therapy. Yeah. I mean, just being able to get, I mean, for me, I think that was just such a crucial, crucial part of me being in as good a place as I am now. Um, I wasn't battling those things as I was trying to reestablish my whole lifestyle. I wasn't still battling the um, binge eating. I wasn't still battling bulimia. I wasn't, you know, all of those things had been worked through and had been reconciled. And so for me, it was just, this is what you got to do to be successful. And the whole head part of it, other than not recognizing myself in the mirror for a good year, I, I, I do now, but it took me a while to get there. But um, just working through all the, the trauma things and all the baggage and things that I hadn't really worked through um, really enabled me to be uh, have a good level of success and focus on just doing what I needed to do rather than trying to heal, heal myself in the process of all, you know, still managing all the things that go along with weight loss surgery. And I think that really kind of gave me a, a leg up not having that is one of the things that I'm battling. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I go ahead. Oh, so from, so from that date to your actual surgery day, how long was it? So March, um, until September. Okay. So six months, maybe seven, I think. Yeah. And I joined the community in March just so I could start educating myself mm-hmm. um, with information from actual people who'd had it rather than just what I'm reading about it. And it became like this treasure trove of information. Um, and I mean, just even even now, I still learn daily from different things that people share and post. And um, it's it's been the best source of information ever. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree there too. So my uh, my surgery. So I had my surgery in June, or sorry, July sixth. Um, I started in January, um, looking at you know like what requirements. Um, went to the doctor on think on January thirteenth, um, and they told me what I needed to do. Mine mine was insurance paid. Um, I was very lucky to have. Uh, my insurance that would pay for gastric bypass. Um, so I had to go, I had to have four consecutive months of dietitian and health coaching and then therapy. 
Um, and so I did those four consecutive months and then we took our trip to the Bahamas and then we also uh, took our one granddaughter to Disneyland, which in itself is quite an interesting story. Um, while at Disneyland, we were waiting in line for a ride and I passed out. And oh, wow. I found out that I was very low in potassium. I ended up, they, they took me to the hospital by ambulance. Did you get um, to go underneath Disney? <laughs> I, I did. I got to see the backside of Disney and I had the hottest paramedic. Great. <laughs> it was like when the, when they took my blood pressure, they couldn't hardly get anything, but boy, when those paramedics came, it went, <laughs> went right back up. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see, yeah, I did see the backside of it and, and we got free passes to go back and Aww. front of the line passes. So that was very nice of them to do that. But, um, so that was in June that happened and I called my doctor when I got back and I says, is there any way that we can move it up? And they're like, we, we just don't think so. But then about two weeks before I was supposed to have surgery, I wasn't scheduled until the 27th of July, but they called and said, we do have an opening. Do you want to do it in three days? And I said, <laughs> yes, 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 I want to do it in three days. So, um, so did you have a shortened like pre-op diet then? Um, no, actually I had started, um, okay. beforehand and, uh, so it was, it was nice to be able to, you know, to be on that. I, I really took it serious, you know, uh, knew what was coming up and, um, so. Did you have to do I bowel prep? Liquid. I didn't have to do bowel prep. Lucky. <laughs> Yeah, I just had to do the liquid or the liver reducing diet where, you know, just for, I think it was 14 days before I was on the, the liquid diet. Okay. And uh, so 14 days before and then uh, had it done. And um, we, I actually started it two days after I came back from, from Disneyland, from California. So um, whirlwind, but. Yeah, heart flash there, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Resisting yeah, the yeah. urge to just rip my shirt off. Um, I mean, I'll take the hot flash and you can have the bariatric burr. I'm good. <laughs> Fair enough. They're, they're not usual hot flashes, though, man. When you have them, you'll know. It's nothing you can do to calm down. It's like No, and it's like you're on fire from the inside. Yeah. So, I mean, I already feel like awful. that, so. It's so awful. <laughs> yeah, it's well, bad. I feel uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you feel great. Uh, okay, you're nice. the only normal one. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. How about you, Maureen? Um, thirteen months. Um, I went in in February, and that was because they um didn't tell me that they had to be consecutive. They said six months of visits. Okay. So their their office screwed up scheduling oh. me three months after I had already been visiting. So then I had to start over from the beginning. Wow. Uh, so I lost three months, and then. But you didn't give up. No. You persevered. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, then we were going to be holding off because I thought I was having ankle mm -hmm. surgery. Sorry. 
and then went. <laughs> it had to happen. Okay. <laughs> Dying over here. Sorry, you guys don't get a show. We do. <laughs> A lot of people have been taking off their shirts on this podcast. <laughs> Y'all are all such hot ladies. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> but then when they, when we switched, once my ankle didn't happen, I did that a quick about face and I called my surgeon's office like two days later and said, okay, we're doing this. Then my surgeon was nowhere to be found oh no that's why i always tell my my surgeon you're not allowed to go on vacation yeah she wasn't wasn't responding to anything and and so then i switched surgeons and then we had to wait to get him in so it kind of got just is what it is <laughs> but but because no. you didn't give up that says a lot about you as a person because I feel like mm-hmm. that would have like defeated so many people and people probably would have given up you know a lot of I have seen a lot of people like online get really frustrated when they say oh my insurance company wants this or that and I'm not going through all of this it's like well then you don't want it bad enough right mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. you're gonna do what you need to do yeah, you don't want it bad enough then. And you have to think about the people who are in Europe and the people who are in Canada who can wait like 15 years to get the surgery. Oh my gosh. Or David, there's only 300 yeah. people per year that are picked. Yeah. That's- yep. Yes. Even to just get your gallbladder out, you could wait 10 years and it's an emergency. Oh my God. It's crazy. That's I why so that many people go like- out of country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Medical tourism, it's 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 a real big mm-hmm. industry, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, a lot of people say how wonderful it is in those countries because they have this free health care, but they don't realize the. But you're waiting the for it. Yeah, but right. you're waiting forever to get, right. uh, you know, treatment. And right. while going to Mexico is a good option for some people. It's not always the best option for some people. Mm-hmm. No. Whether yeah, that be financially or physically, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah. of people that get, they go, they get their surgery done. They know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. They get no. Aftercare. Um, aftercare. Yeah, yeah. No aftercare at all. They have no clue about what they should be doing, what they should be eating, what they should be, you know. And so then mm-hmm. they're on the internet getting in information from you know bad sources facebook facebook groups that you know aren't doctors thank god for berry nation i know (laughs) and and that's not to say that there aren't people that have gone to mexico and have wonderful have had wonderful results and wonderful doctors and wonderful Mm -hmm. care there are yep I, and I know that there are, so I'm not trying to knock that across the board. Those people also did a lot of research yep. at a time and had programs put in place like Very Nation. They went yep. and got, they got support groups. They got, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever other, you know, whatever is out there. They're on, you know, like with the tribe or they're yep. on with, you know, um, with Jamie and, 
Jamie? Yeah, um, Jamie or Mel and Kelly with our Sleeve Life podcast. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're on with people that have experience and, or, they've gotten dietitians and nutritionists that know bariatrics and, you know, so they at least have places to go for good information. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's, there's a big difference in that than just hopping on a plane and so, no, this weekend, I think I'm going to go. I'm just going to go out of bariatric surgery in Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely, I don't, I don't think any, anyone, I mean, if you've done that, kudos to you but you know i i feel like personally i i couldn't do that but hey we also have nicole over here who's about to go in like less than a month to tijuana mexico to get plastics but she did her research and and you did your research i'm I'm assuming (laughs) and like i said there are some wonderful doctors there yep some really good results centers yes you know and if I remember correctly, Chef Steph and her oh, friend. Oh, yeah. They just, yeah, she just had she just had her surgery uh-huh. in Mexico. Yep. And they were there for a week They in a hotel that, that's, and, that's with the hospital. Yeah, and you get, like, aftercare and everything. Yeah. Daily, mm-hmm. like, multiple times mm-hmm. per day, you know, because they had drains in and everything, and yep. they were sent they were not sent home until they were ready to be sent home yep that's uh, and i there's a hotel that's like adjacent to the hospital that i'll be staying and getting my lymphatic massages and everything for a week and then they send me over the border back to the u.s yes sorry you have to come back nicole yeah that's (laughs) what happened with justy yeah (laughs) that's what that was the same thing that happened with justy yeah at that I remember they did like an Instagram live while they were there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty, you know, so, I mean, there are places out there that are good. And there's, if I remember correctly, there's a lot of them that are U.S. doctors. Yep. They're board certified and doctors Uh that are just literally across the border. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like yeah, people, my- people always said like, "Well, why can't you go to Mexico for your revision?" Clearly, my situation is way different, and it's yes, was, yes. would not be would not have been safe for me because they don't no, know my no. body; they didn't know anything. So, yeah, it's awesome for people to have that option, but that was not yeah. an option for me. Well, and your yeah. access to aftercare is so crucial that mm-hmm. you have, yeah, you know, the location close enough that you're able to see the same surgeons that have worked on you and follow up with them. Um, And I don't think you could have done that in Mexico. No, no one could keep track of your aftercare. (laughs) Not even you, I think. I mean, there's, you've had so much happen. I was like, yeah, let me just explain my medical history in just the last 14 months. (laughs) 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 Or they'd probably be like, I'm not touching you. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That'd probably be the smart thing, right? Yeah, I was like, I'm glad you're not touching me. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, speaking of... My family doctor has said, when I went in, you know, for my checkups, he says, you know, I would have years ago not ever told you to go to Mexico. But he says now, he says, I, he says, well, he went to San Diego, I think a couple of months ago, and he ran in, just by chance, ran into a surgeon that was from... Um, I'm not sure what clinic down there, but um, 
Anyway, and he says, after talking to him, he's like, I would have full confidence in sending anybody there. They, they're all board certified, very well trained. He said, it's just a whole different ball game from years ago. Yeah. yeah. To me, the only hard part for that would be if there's complications. Yes. Your yeah. insurance in the U.S. won't cover anything related. Right. Mine won't cover anything anyway, so I can go wherever I want to. Anything related to weight loss, my company will not cover it. Oh, you went out, you paid out of pocket. I paid everything out of pocket. Right. And even though, even the appointments that I had with all the ologists, that was all out of pocket as well, because it was, those were not deemed right. necessary. They were for me to get clearance. And so those were related. So all of that was out of pocket too. So it was, it was a lot out of pocket for me. And I even had second opinions. Like me and my surgeon sat down with the board of like other people or I'd go like have an appointment with another surgeon and like some of them wouldn't touch me for a year. They're like, no, I need you to get to your year and then we'll tr see. So like, there's also that in the U S yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of plastics, this is this is a curious question because I know you guys at an older age are like fuck it I don't care, but for mobility rashes, getting that excess weight off, would you or are any of you considering having plastic surgery? Yeah, I am. I'll I'll go ahead and go first. Um, I actually have reached out to two uh, plastic surgeons already, and um, even though I'm not at goal weight. Um, I've still got about another 40, 47 pounds or so. Um, but I wanted to know what their requirements were. I have not had the appointments with them yet, but I have reached out to them over um, through their emails and spoke with them. Um, I wanted to know kind of like what their techniques were, how they worked with my insurance, because my insurance will also pay for um, a panty. Certain yeah. No, not no? a penny. It will oh. actually cover a tummy tuck. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And yeah. that is ultimately what I'd like because after having six ch six children, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can imagine my muscles are not very good. Um, so I I just reached out to them and but if you'll look at my pictures on my on my uh, page, you'll see I have got I call them wings. Oh, yeah. Uh, my angel wings. <laughs> Nicole got wings too. <laughs> After my tummy tuck, that is good. Nicole's like, I'll take my shirt off. <laughs> but it, yep. my insurance won't pay for that. But that that will be something that because my it's genetic. My grandmothers had them. My mom had them. And I'm like, I hate them. I've hated I, I've always hated them. I used to be a weightlifter when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And even at that point, when I was lifting so much every day and I still had them. So that will be my, after my tummy tuck, that will be my uh, go-to. And after that, I think I'll be okay. But, you know, how husbands are. He wants me to have the boob job. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's not about him. But, uh, that's what I keep telling him. It's not about you. This is my body. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I kind of, you know, look at them. They're deflated. And I think, okay, maybe. Maybe just like maybe a lift. something I can consider. Yeah, just yes. a lift. I yes. don't need implants I don't need but yeah just something to make it more firm not sagging you know to my belly button or whatever but yeah, yeah it's like a transplant at this point a transplant mm -hmm. off the stomach back onto yeah. the chest 
exactly. Well, if you need someone to talk to who is of older age, finding Rini, she had full muscle repair and a panelectomy. Yep. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. She is rocking it. Yep. Yeah. She is also living her best life. And and dating. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So excited for her. I am starting to fade a bit, ladies. Okay. Um, Because I'm usually in bed by 8.30 and it is 9.38 my time, so. Oh, yeah. I feel you. I'm old and unapologetic. So (laughs) You're allowed your sleep. What are you going to do? Well... Well, in that case, then we can totally, you know, sign off here. And again, thank you all for being here. And it's an honor for you guys to come on our podcast to us. Yeah. And we're Thanks so, so happy to asking. have you. you. If you ever really want to nice come time. back and chat, you are welcome to. Uh, I want to end with it. one last thing, which I always okay. ask people. Okay. If you had one thing that you would tell someone that's thinking about weight loss surgery, that you wish you knew, what would it be? I know it's hard. (laughs) Just one thing. Yeah. One thing. I would say that it makes your life so much better, that you don't have the bonds of food. Um, You've broken that chain, and it's just wonderful not to be controlled by food. Mm. Uh, I I would say um, definitely um, it's hard at first, but it's so important that you set those new routines and habits early on so that as you are getting further into your journey, it is just what you do. It is just the routines that you go through. It's the habits you have set and it becomes a no brainer and it becomes so much easier to stay on target when you have already established those things ahead of time. So, you know, pay the dues up front. Don't drink the alcohol for the first year. Don't, uh, you know, don't try to lose it without having movement incorporated into your plan. That drives me crazy, people. I'm, I'm not losing. I'm stalled out. I'm like, well, what are you doing for exercise? Well, I'm not. Okay, well... Mm-hmm. Don't get mad about the results you don't get for the word work that you're not doing. You know, I mean, it's A plus B equals C. And if you're not willing to do it, then you're not going to have the success. So my advice would be if you're super serious about this and you are committed to changing your life, then this is a great, great decision to make for an investment in your own health. Yes. My advice would to be be your own best advocate. Yeah. That if you if you are not one hundred percent certain that if you if you think that something is wrong or off, then something is wrong or off. Speak up. Speak up. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to your body. You know your body. Exactly. No matter what anyone else tells you, listen to your body. I'm struggling right now with some stuff that I shouldn't be struggling with because I, even doctors can get things wrong. Yep. They're only human. 
or even your your program can get things wrong or you're waiting three months to get into that doctor that you really need to see and things are still going wrong exactly Mm -hmm. and while mine is not a big major complication it's just a very frustrating thing but but you need to be your own advocate yep matter what other no matter what anyone else says don't settle and i learned that from listening to someone else actually um that was on catalyst quantica yeah um, was it quantica yeah she wasn't happy with something after and she waited five years and she's like don't be like me don't wait five years mm-hmm. if you're not happy you're not happy yeah don't right. don't if someone doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or what anyone else says it's only what you think yeah i love her Mm -hmm. she's also a revision warrior yes absolutely (laughs) you know but and stuff the same thing with you if you weren't your own advocate you'd probably be dead by now i mean i almost died twice so exactly and if i wasn't a nurse and didn't know shit i feel like i'd even be worse off honestly yeah Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and not I'm I'm not saying that to scare people. I'm just saying that you you can't go into it blind. Right. It's a major surgery. It's I mean you're having an organ manipulated or removed for the most part, and I mean it's a it's a big commitment. Yeah. So go into it educated. Go into it with realistic expectations. Go into it with a plan. Um, Go into it. Yeah. Just don't don't go into it. Right. But, but go into it intentionally and, and set yourself up for success. Yes. It's so easy to do that if you do it at the very beginning. And yes. that's why I ultimately share my story because doctors don't tell you this shit. Nope. <laughs> nope. And there, was, there wasn't really anyone out there but like two people that I knew who came out of the woodworks. And now look, I know about 55 people after me sharing my story who have had yep. similar things. Yep, and they, no doctors told them anything but, oh, you could bleed out. You could have an infection. Uh, you, you could have a leak. That's it. Yeah. You're the reason stuff. You're, that's the kind of stuff that I used to go on, that I listened to and watched and was on all of the uh, complications pages that I was on so that I could find that stuff out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and go into it knowing knowing all of the right information not to be scared of it yep. just just to know what the real risks are and then to know power. yeah yes. and then to know that knowledge if that power. was yeah. was to happen you're not alone right mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yeah absolutely well i that, love you that all that is a very important thing <laughs> yes you are never alone you're never alone journey. in this journey mm-hmm. and fuck the haters <laughs> Amen. You're only alone if you choose to be. Yep. (laughs) Well, anyways. Thank you so much for uh, this opportunity, ladies. I really appreciate it. Yes, we love you you so um, much. I think it's come on here and and thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you all for sharing and being here. And we'd love to have you again if you want to come back and, you know, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful start to your new week. Motivation Monday. <laughs> Sorry, you can't see me in my bra. <laughs> I've seen worse. I'm sure. I see naked people all the time. It's cool. All right, thanks, ladies. Thank you. Have a good Thank night, you. everyone.
Thank you for joining R2DP Road to Discovery podcast, ending the stigma of weight loss surgery. Please join us next time for our next podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that follow button and that bell to receive notifications when we upload our next and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're interested in supporting us, you can become a Patreon and we do have that link in our bios on our Instagram and we will also share that with you. It's just patreon.com slash R2DP. There's some special perks in there that you might see. Um, There's different tier levels and each tier has its certain perks. You will get a exclusive sticker if you sign up for the first tier. You will also get to hear the podcast two days before everyone else and the perks go on from there. So again, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye, R2DPers!